I would say uh, that the core driver has always been um, trying to enable more folks to more people to um, to engage, more people to be able to express themselves, right? Um, so when I go back and look at all the things I've done in my life, it seems to be the theme. Welcome to Audio Branding, the hidden gem of marketing. Sound plays a more important role in human behavior and our decision-making than you may realize. In this podcast, I'll help you understand the art and science of sound so you can better influence others in business and your life. I'm your host, Jody Krangle. Let's delve a little deeper. This is the first part of my interview with Dr. Ahmed Bouzid. My next guest is founder and CEO of Witlingo, a McLean, Virginia-based company that builds tools for publishing sonic experiences, such as Alexa Skills, Google Actions, Bixby Capsules, Microcasts, and social audio products and solutions. Prior to Witlingo, he was head of product at Amazon Alexa and VP of product at Genesis. He holds 12 patents in human language technology, is ambassador at the Open Voice Network, editor at the Social Epistemology Review and Reply Collective, SERRC, and was recognized as a speech luminary by Speech Technology Magazine and among the top 11 speech technologists by VoiceBot.ai. His name is Dr. Ahmed Bouzid, and if you have any interest in the future of voice and technology, this will be an enlightening discussion. As always, if you have questions for my guest, you're welcome to reach out through the links in the show notes. And if you have questions for me, visit audiobrandingpodcast.com, where you'll find a lot of ways to get in touch. Plus, subscribing to the newsletter will let you know when the new podcasts are available. And now, without further ado, Dr. Ahmed Bouzid. Well, welcome, Ahmed. Thank you so much for joining me today. I am excited about this, and I've been waiting for it for a while. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Julia. Me too. I've been, I mean, you and I email each other like three times a day. It's true. We do all kinds yes. of things. Uh, but I've been looking forward to sitting down and having a conversation with you. Uh, we have so much in common, and yet so many things that we do are different, right? Yeah, so that's very great. true. Very true. Well, the the first question that I like to start off with is if you have an early memory of sound that moved you, is there something you remember maybe from your childhood that really made an impression on you? Because there's got to be some reason why you're all interested in what you're doing now. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, so for me, um, I was born in Morocco, in Casablanca, okay, and we stayed there for three years. And then uh, we moved to Algiers because my father was Algerian, uh, my mom, Moroccan. Anyway, so uh, so the first three years I lived in Casablanca, I barely remember those three years, um, but I still have a couple of images and a sound from, uh, from, from, the, from that early childhood. Um, so the images had to do with chicken because we had a villa, right? Um, and, and every morning uh, I would go, when I was two, I'd go and get the eggs okay. right? <laughs> from under the chicken. Right? Uh -huh. So it was my adventure. I don't remember it at all. Uh, I just remember, you know, chicken, right? Um, so my mom was telling me what the, that I did that. And then the sound of the chicken is, the, is one of the earliest memories. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, Good or bad sound? <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah it's, it's a special sound, right? It's a... Uh, the the chicken around just making little noise and um 
and it's sort of I associated, I think, uh, subconsciously probably associated with with morning and uh, going and doing something, looking forward for to breakfast or whatever. Um, so anyway, so the sound of the chicken <laughs> is the answer to that question. That's a great sound to start the morning with. Sure, why not? <laughs> why not, right? <laughs> so how did you get involved in audio? What was the thing that got you interested in that? Um, so um, I, I got into audio through technology um, and specifically through human language technology. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a category that includes speech recognition, which is basically uh, software that um, takes audio sound signals and turns them to words. Um, and you know, into meaning, right? Um, and then there is natural language. And natural language is the component uh, of the technology that takes words and turns them into um, to actions or meaning, right? So uh, depending on the context, for example, um, uh, a word will, will mean different things, right? Uh, so natural language is, is, uh, is, is, that, is that component or that technology that takes just simple text, and turns it into meaningful, um, meaningful structures. Um, and then the, the third component is the text to speech, right? So you only want the computer to speak, right? Um, so there is technology for that. Um, so at the high level, uh, these are the technologies that human language technologies deal with. Uh, and myself, I'm a software engineer. Um, that's how I got into natural language through artificial intelligence. Um, and and then I've always I've always liked language that was the intersection between what I was trained for and what I liked. Um, and in, and you know uh, language is a very fascinating uh, problem to solve from from the from the technological perspective, right? It's very one of the hardest problems in yeah, yeah it is. <laughs> yeah, it's one of the hardest problems in, in artificial intelligence, right? There is there's like um, like vision is a problem, right? The camera being able to detect and and, and basically categorize what it's seeing. So mm-hmm. Is it seeing a dog or a cat? Uh, is it seeing which flower? What kind of a flower is it seeing, right? Um, so that's uh, so that's a tough problem. Now, natural language is much tougher than that. Much much tougher than that. Um, and it's amazing that you know when we are two, three, four, five, we've basically mastered language or we are much better than you know than any computer even today yeah right uh you know we you know some people say that we are wired for language but it's it's something that that we are born with the structures are there our brain is predisposed to um to process language and to learn because uh if you look at the amount of data that we um that we collect when we are when we are between the ages of one to three, four, the amount of data is not huge, right? It's not a huge. It's you know you're talking to your parents here and there, listening, but it's not like gobs and gobs and gobs and gobs of different sentences and all. Uh, it's basically the structure theory. The structure is there, and you're learning how to basically verbalize it, right? So is verbalize it like the you... seeing of patterns? Is that I mean, yes, yes. as yeah, as humans patterns. We're predisposed yeah, and, and... to see patterns, yeah, exactly, yeah. And today's uh, today's AI, today's um, today's machine learning uh, is very uh, data heavy, right? Mm-hmm. So it, you know, in order for the uh, the Alexa of today to be able to hear 
um, a pattern of speech and, and convert, convert that into words, it needs a lot of data, right? Um, whereas human beings, they don't need that much data to, to do what they do. So that's, I've always found that fascinating. Um, and so that's my answer to the question. I, I, you know, I came through to audio through technology, through building uh, these conversational systems, uh, and then realizing that audio actually itself exists in its own right outside of that problem area uh, of trying to emulate the human being. Yeah, it's really yeah. interesting. I mean, I know that you know um, uh, Dr. Terry Fisher, right? Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, we had this sort of conversation when we were talking as well. You know, he says voice is my OS, right? Mm -hmm. It is. <laughs> so yeah, yeah it's, it's really interesting that it's kind of come full circle. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, we started off with machines learning how to do their stuff, and now they're learning how to use our stuff. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, it's the first interface that uh, we didn't have to invent, really. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but it's interesting that we're, you know, it's an interface that we use, uh, and yet we're we're still trying to figure out, or we're trying to under, trying to understand it, if, because we're trying to emulate it. We're trying to make machines, you know. Yeah. Uh, and 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 so there is you know there's thousands of years of of thinking and writing about language and philosophy and psychology and and sociology and all these things uh you know come into play uh, whenever you try to like touch a little bit of language whole world of of things have to pull be pulled in it's right? true and i guess as human beings we have all that context but the machine doesn't it's not yeah, exactly <laughs> yeah. It's not. Yeah. Um, and so what's fascinating is that as we um, as we try to to sort of emulate or to build these robots that talk, basically we are delving into questions that are fascinating in their own right. You know, it, you know, we want to understand what language is. We want to understand how people engage with each other. It's sort of the thing that we do, right? That's we're social creatures, and so we're very curious about. Uh, about other folks and uh, you know how they talk and and we have all these strategies and we want to understand the strategies that we're using to be polite, right? Uh, so it, so you can have a very nice conversation that has nothing to do with AI or anything else, and you just talk about okay, isn't it interesting the concept of being polite? What does it mean to be polite? Right? <laughs> it's a good question. Yeah. Right? Isn't it in <laughs> yeah. and of itself? Forget forget about trying to have a robot. It's an interesting question in and of itself. And it's um, different so, between cultures, right? Like it's not right. it's not the same go. with every human being, there, right? So, there you go. And then you yeah. and you to yourself okay well then we'll, how, how do we define politeness then you get into philosophical mm -hmm. questions right yeah so and you know the polite thing to do you know in my home country may be offensive in in somewhere else and so and so and so what does that mean right so it's it's fascinating right yeah. uh, you know, that's the thing about the, about this space is the questions that we delve into are uh, interesting in their own right. Um, and anybody could be interested in them, like most people are. Most people are not interested in differential equations, for example, right? <laughs> Maybe not, no. <laughs> Maybe not, right? <laughs> right? Uh, or, you know, uh, organic chemistry or mm -hmm. like the vast majority of the of, of the knowledge we build is very specialized. But here you're delving into stuff that uh, that is interesting to most people, I'd say. Yeah, you yeah. Know? It's it, it's a... Uh a really deep study of human nature, really. Yeah. <laughs>
I know that we're all dealing with a lot of stuff these days, so I particularly wanted to acknowledge those that have taken the time to leave honest reviews of this podcast. Like Edward F2, who says, Jody does a wonderful job diving into the details of audio branding strategy with her guests. She finds a way to uncover great insights through light, entertaining conversation that will keep you listening straight through to the end. I'm really glad you enjoyed it, Edward. I hope you'll keep listening. And now, back to the show. So getting into what you're doing now with Witlingo, I mean, mm -hmm. what are you trying to accomplish with that? Why did you start that? I think we, you and I chatted uh, a couple of times, sort of, it got me to, in, in preparing for this, I always try to sort of have a sense of answering that question in a way that advances the ball in my head about, because you're always discovering, like, what am I doing this for, <laughs> sure, right? Sure, yeah. It's a question, like, uh, that we we have. Anyway, so... Um, I would say uh, that the core driver has always been um, trying to enable more folks to, more people to um, to engage, more people to be able to express themselves, right? Um, so when I go back and look at all the things I've done in my life, it seems to be the theme, right? How do I simplify? For example, I was uh, one of the companies I worked at, I was the head of product, is we had uh, an interface that enables anyone doesn't matter if you're a coder or a designer um, to build a conversation, okay? Um, and so you you could lean on 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 your skill as a human being as a as good conversation. Most people are really good conversationalists, you know. Mm -hmm. They know the rules. They it's just it's just you know part of being socially uh, mm -hmm. you know having a social IQ, right? Um, and so uh, they they have those. They have those rules, so to speak, in their head. And so the, the challenge was, how do we build software that enables them easily to use those rules without being intimidated by that software, right? Okay, yeah. Um, so people know how to start a conversation. Hello, right? Uh, and they know when 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 somebody is talking too much, right? <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, Usually. You know? <laughs> Usually, right? Well, you, most people know that when somebody else is talking too much, but they don't realize that when they're talking too much. It's true. Self awareness right? is a skill. Self awareness <laughs> is the thing. <laughs> yeah. Right. It cannot be uh, over <laughs> overvalued. Yes. Um, so anyway, so the 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 challenge has always that I found uh, interesting is how do you make things easy to use by the vast majority of people, right? Um, or for people who want to do it. Um, and so making tools easy to use is actually a very hard. Um, and, and, and making making tools for people who know a lot of stuff is easy, actually, all right? Because they'll figure it out and they won't get frustrated and they know the knowledge. They have the knowledge and they have the skills and so on. But making something for the for most people is hard. So that was all the, the thing that has been driving me. In, term, in terms of, of, of Wurtlingo, um when we launched it, the focus was on Alexa skills, Google Actions, uh, and again, it was how do we make how do we enable somebody like a marketer who uh, who is not a technologist um, and who does something very important, which is you know ensure that the product and the service, the products and the services of the company, you know, um, are communicated and reach the uh, the potential buyers. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's a tough job actually to be able to communicate clearly what you're doing and do it day in and day out, right? Yeah. Uh, those folks are busy, like everybody else is busy, but they're busy. They don't have, to have time to you know, learn a tool. Um, what they have time for is to learn something like Twitter uh, and, and Facebook and LinkedIn, uh, master them um, and use them 
effectively and, and learn the best practices and then build that network and all that good stuff, right? Um, so the question was, how, how can I build something? How can we, as, uh, with Lincoln, we build something that enables someone to launch an Alexa skill or Google Action uh, and maintain it um, with the same level of complex complexity, more or less, uh, as, say, you know, maintaining your Twitter account or, or your YouTube account, right? Um, and so that's what we did. We built, uh, you know, a, such a tool that uh, doesn't require um, coding for sure. Uh, we even said, okay, we are not going to do flows, right? Because flows get very complicated very fast. Um, and so how do we uh, how do we solve that? And so we came up with templates, like for if you want to launch an FAQ or if you want to launch something that enables people to say something and then you serve it back. We, we you know, we had like, we focused on a few use cases that, that, a marketer would be interested in, and we built, uh, you know, a a studio uh, that enables folks to de deploy these, uh, you know, these experiences and maintain them, which is crucial, maintain them without having to deal with anything other than content. The only thing that they care about really is content. Yeah. Like Twitter and Facebook and LinkedIn, it's the content that you care about, right? The rest of it is things you have to learn, and that's okay if uh, if it's not overly complicated. Um, and so, yeah, so that was the driver uh, for Witlingo and for the, for the work I've done before as well. Sort of going along those lines, why are there so few Alexa or Google skills compared to what you would, you know, the mobile apps, right? Like what, because <laughs> like mobile seems to have been widely adopted. Is it because it's easier? <laughs> I mean, I, mm -hmm. I don't know why there are so few Alexa or Google skills or, or maybe Alexa and Google are just the beginning of where this is going, which is quite possible too. I mean, there are other devices I'm sure that are coming down the line that might even work better. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. What do you think? Um, so actually, I have been thinking about that exact question. <laughs> question. <laughs> actually, we didn't plan this question, uh, <laughs> so that the audience knows. Yeah. Um, uh, and so I, I wrote. I, I just submitted this a piece. Uh, probably will show up tomorrow. Um, so by the time this uh, this episode goes out, it will be out. Um, and it's called what did I call it? The five fallacies of voice first. Okay. Okay. Yeah. The five fallacies of voice first. Let me see if I can remember because I just wrote it. Sure. <laughs> what are those five fallacies? I'm curious. Okay, now. I'm gonna try to give you the <laughs> the rundown. The rundown, if I can remember. Sure. <laughs> so the first one addresses what you just said, right? And I call it the fallacy of the fish and the bird. Well, th this is the first time I mention it uh, by you know by speaking. Uh, I just wrote I wrote that like three days ago. But the the the, the fish and the bird, right? Mm -hmm. So the way I start the article is okay. God created the fish, and then the, the demigods they were amazed by the fish because the fish can swim, and the fish can do all these things, and they were like just flabbergasted by the fish, right? And then God God moved on and created the 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 bird, right? And then the demigods were not impressed at all with the bird, and they were like, "You created the bird. The bird cannot swim." <laughs> And and it cannot, you know. So they were talking about the fish things, right? Uh, and so all you can do is just fly, right? <laughs> yeah, you're comparing apples to oranges. I see what you right. mean. Okay, you see that point, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so the metrics of the of the fish just don't apply to the bird, right? Mm -hmm. And then also there are a lot more fish than there are birds. A lot more fish than there are birds. There That's are billions true. of birds, and there are, like, there are trillions probably of fish. And then, like, most of them we don't even know. 
are there. They are like deep in the ocean, whatever, right? Mm -hmm. So the, the demigods were just not impressed at all. It doesn't do the same thing than the other thing, and there are fewer of it. So what happened, right? So anyway, so the point really is that the fish is this, is the mobile. The bird is uh, is Alexa. Is the bird better than the fish, or the fish better than the bird? It doesn't make sense to say to ask that question right at all, right? <clears throat> so my my answer then okay, so that's e that's easy enough to say, <laughs> but then you say, hey, listen, dude, you know there are more mobile apps than there are skills, and then I say. Okay, um, how many times can you do something with a mobile app without touching the mobile app? It's a good question. Can you? Can you? You can't. It depends on if the mobile app has a voice yes. application. <laughs> right. Well, you know that's not fair, right? Yeah, I know. <laughs> You're leaning on the, on, on the on the bird there. Leave the bird without alone. the bird. Without the, <laughs> the fish doesn't do. No, yeah. no, 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 the fish is trying to jump on the bird there. No, yeah. let's keep those. Two. But, <laughs> the point well, like really for instance, I have a Samsung device, right, and it has Bixby on it. I don't typically use it. Honestly, but uh, okay, Google, you know, like yeah, Google has its, that. they have a bit right. of a, yeah. So every once in a while, you'll have something yeah. that shows up on mobile, but right. I don't but tend the, yeah, to use animal. it for that. So, yeah, exactly. Different animal. But, uh, <laughs> for, for like the smart speaker, I'm talking to you or I'm writing or whatever, and, you know, I want to find out. I just say, Alexa, what's the weather? Mm -hmm. And I'm able to do that without touching the thing, mm -hmm. right? With eyes free, hands free, right? Yep. So now how about we, uh, instead of saying the number of, um, of, uh, you know, of mobile apps, we say the number of times that you don't have to touch a thing, right? Okay. That's how about we compare that way? Yeah. And so what I say is it's nearly zero the number of times you can use your iPhone uh, meaningfully without touching it. Mm -hmm. You got to touch it, right? So, yeah. So let's put zero in the in the denominator. Well, doesn't Siri work without you touching it, or does it? It does, but most of the time, do you, you, don't... you use your iPhone, you hold the iPhone, you okay. look at it, you hug it. That makes it, sense, yeah. Right? You're just, that's the thing. <laughs> okay. You, know, you swipe it, like, you know, my, you know, my, my son, it's glued to his hand. Okay. <laughs> can't take yes. it out. Yeah. <laughs> take it out, he has his An extension attack, right? of the arm. Yes. It is, absolutely. It's basically... <laughs> Might as well. Okay. So here's the sort of the gimmick, right? So uh, if you put the the number of times that you use the iPhone without touching it, it's almost zero, mm -hmm. right? And then and the num and the uh, numerator, uh, the number of times that uh, you use the smartphone without the smart speaker without touching it is on X, right? Almost hundred percent. So now X divided by zero is almost infinity. So one can say. <laughs> That the smart speaker is infinitely better than the <laughs> mobile app, right? Oh, anyway, what I'm illustrating, it gets silly, right? Yes, yeah. <laughs> when you compare apples to oranges, different animals, yes, different, totally different <laughs> animals, different. I think I, I think uh, Amazon made a big mistake by creating this category called skills, um, and, and it basically and you have the skill store, the skills, and all, and and then created a metric that it was not going to win. Right. Okay, so there's they're no... sort of emulating apps. Yeah, yeah emulating apps because that's the only yeah. thing that you could lean on it because it's so different. This yeah. thing is so different mm -hmm. that um, that they had to sort of, but but I think it is not. It's... And then the other thing I, I, I write in the article is imagine if we compared the mobile ecosystem, mobile app ecosystem, to the website ecosystem. Mm. We would say that the mobile ecosystem is a dismal failure. It's like orders of like there are I don't know billions of websites. And there are like seven million mobile apps. That's 
paltry compared to, right? So again, we're comparing the wrong thing with the wrong thing, right? Yeah. Anyway, so that's my uh, <laughs> my answer to that question. <laughs> it's an interesting answer and an, uh, an interesting question to think about too. Are you looking for ways to improve your company's or podcast's impact? You'd be surprised how powerful the use of an intentional audio branding strategy can be. Want to know more? I have a free downloadable PDF that gives you my five tips for implementing an intentional audio strategy at voiceoversandvocals.com slash audio branding strategy. That location does ask to put you on a mailing list just to send you updates on when the new podcasts come out. But if you really don't want to give your email out, I understand. Just contact me directly. My email is all over my website. And I'll make sure you get that PDF without needing to sign up anywhere. If you do sign up, though, you also get access to a resources section called The Studio, where I have videos, white papers and PDFs, discounts from my guests, and snippets of audio from my guests that no one else gets to hear. So maybe it's worth your while. Totally up to you. And of course, if you're looking for voiceovers, you can get in touch with me about that, too. Now, back to the podcast. When you're talking about chatbots that are taking place on websites, is there a way for like Amazon and, and these sites to improve on the chatbots? I mean, because again, this is getting into the whole interpretation of communication by machines, right? So how, how can that improve other than the computers just getting more computing power? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I think I think um, I think there are some some uh, chatbots out there that do their job well um, because they are very focused on specific tasks, right? Mm -hmm. So if if uh, if if the if the context of the chatbot is very well defined, I'll give you an example um, that I use often, which is when I call the bank, which I don't do often, but whenever I call the bank, um, let's say if I want to check. Uh, I want to check on uh, a transaction, specific transaction, and I can't do it. What I want to change, uh, I want—I just want to ask a question, right? Sort of, I when I call, I, I know what kind of questions to ask and what kind of questions not to ask, you know? There is a chatting about the weather and all. Okay, that's fine. But I'm not going to ask uh, questions about, you know, my... By the way, my car just broke down. Do you happen <laughs> to know? Yeah. Let you know, me describe to you the noise at hearing, uh, right? You can't do that, right? Because yeah. you have... You, you know the role of the person, right? Well, and specifically by, at a bank, they're not going to help you with your car. <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I'm calling somebody mm -hmm. who has a certain number of, of skills and they can do these things. Yeah. And same by the same token, right, the agent, you know, is expects me to follow those and the agent will ask me only about things that pertain to my banking activities and so on. Mm -hmm. And maybe we'll chat again, but it's it sort of, Beside the point, right? Anyway, so the point really, when we, the, uh, those conversations are effective because we come into that conversation with very well-defined patterns of behavior, expectations, we have mental maps in our head and so on, right? Um, uh, whereas often uh, chatbots, chatbots, um, at least the ones that are not well-designed, they don't do that. They don't, they don't like have a, they expect the 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 source of how can I help you, right? And then they try to uh, uh, to answer more than they should, right? Um, and also the the role of the bot is not very well defined, and this and this is far more prevalent in skills. So you have a skill it has a name. We don't know what it's supposed to do. Mm -hmm. uh, you don't know what to ask it. You don't know why it exists, right? 
um, and it doesn't do a good job of defining what it does. Usually skills that are, that are good and that are effective are ones that are very well defined, which means they do only two or three things and that's it. And that's those are the ones that where people are very happy with them, right? So the one that, that does the timer, perfect, because I know exactly what it does. Yes, right? yeah. And the reminder one and the weather one, of course, is the best because it gives me the weather. And I know how to ask it for the weather. Um, and and so and so I'm happy with those. So the narrower, really the bottom line is the narrower, the more well-defined a skill or a chatbot is, the more satisfaction everybody will get, right? Because people really, they, they, all they want to do is they, 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 they want to solve problems with tools. A chatbot is a tool and skill is a tool. And to the extent that they can solve their problem, they'll be happy. They're not looking for an exciting experience with a chatbot, right? So I think... It is not a, a question of technology. I think it's a question of design, right? So the technology is there. Um, I think the designers should basically try to not be as ambitious, you know, in trying to have this amazing chatbot that does 15 things, but just do your research, find out why people are using your bot, or what are the three problems that they solve. Tell those people, I can only do these three things. Otherwise, call, right? Because I don't want to frustrate you. I don't want to waste your time. I want you to be happy. These sure. are three things. I can help you book, you know, your the hotel room. I can help you find out about our concierge services, and I can help you with third thing. Mm -hmm. That's it. Sure. And then the person then all of a sudden they know what to ask, what language to use, right? Um, it's all, all in sudden, how you word the question, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, and and how the chatbot introduces itself. Because if that's you say right. how can you how can I help you, that's, that's pretty it. wide open. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, How can I help you with X? <laughs> yeah, I can do A, B, and C. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. I can do A, B, and C. If you want something else, here's what you can do. Everybody's happy, actually. Yeah. Right? Um, yeah. Kind yeah. of along those lines, I'm curious as to your thoughts on this, because I know that, um, like, voices are, uh, computer voices are starting to pop up more and more in different applications. Mm -hmm. And... I think people are getting used to the idea that a computerized voice is going to take care of them in certain instances, but there's all this push towards getting that voice to sound more and more human. <laughs> so what do you think about that? Or I, I don't know if we're, if we're going to, I don't think we're going to replace ourselves, but I mean, it, it just seems like counterintuitive to try and make it more human as opposed to just more functional. <laughs> yep. I agree, hundred percent. Yeah, so I, I subscribe to a school of thought within uh, within design. Within com uh, let's call it um, voice by design, because um, voice by design is very different from chat by design without voice. Um, so in in voice by design, especially voice plus conversation, so it's it's back and forth, right? Uh, so I subscribe to the school of thought that says. We uh, we should not try to have the bot emulate the human being, right? It is the conversation between a human being and a bot is different than a human being to a human being. It's different uh, than a human being to a dog. It's different than a human being to their plant or a human being to a baby, right? Those are all different conversations with uh, vocabulary and, you know, sure. and you know, they are different conversations. So therefore, why try to emulate a human being now? It's okay to lean on and piggyback on the conventions that, uh, that people use when they talk to human beings, right? So a conversation starts with an opening. Um, okay, it starts with an opening, but does that opening have to be, to be something like, hi, how are you? 
Mm-hmm. No, it doesn't mean it. It should be. It should be functional. It should be. Um, in the, in the, in the case you're talking to a bot, the bot should announce itself so that you know that you are at the right place. So maybe it gives you a little chime, or maybe if the if it, if the brand has an audio icon, um, can hear it. Say, ah, oh, okay, it's. Uh, I'm talking to so and so company. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and then and just to make sure maybe give, give the name, Sprint, right? Um, and then go on with the, you know, we're making it clear, just like we said, in a very simple terms, what you can do, right? I can do this, this, and that. Now, no human being will say, hello, I can do this, this, and that. <laughs> yeah. Right? <laughs> they wouldn't do it, right? Yeah. Uh, and so if you're designing and saying, you're asking a question like, okay, would a human being open by saying, hello, I can do this, this, and this? No, no. So therefore, let's not do that. No. Um, so the guiding principles should be along the lines of, um, you know, uh, making uh, making it clear what the user can say and what they can do. Um, and uh, number one and number two, the user wants to get on. They you know they they want to get on with it. They, you know, you are not a human being. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, not sometimes, always. When I talk to a human being, um, it's an it's not it's an important part of my conversation. I'm talking to a human being, you know? Um, and so it's a person, it's a sentient person, they have feelings and so on, and all that is part, it's not It's not uh, just a thing, right? It's a. It's part of it, right? And and sometimes when people are lonely, you know, uh, you know, they call and uh, they're talking to the bank person and, and actually what they're enjoying more than anything else is that conversation as opposed to whatever they called about. Maybe whatever they called about was a pretense. Um, so... With a robot, that does not exist. You're not probing into a human being, right, who is suffering the same existential problems that you as a human being is, right? Who doesn't have the human condition, right? We all share the human condition. So that's yeah. an important part. That's the glue that keeps us, uh, you know, interested in other folks, right? So this thing here that's pretending to be a bot, I just want to get on with it. I want to I want to be able to get my stuff done. So I want to find out, uh, you know, my balance, Thank you very much. Maybe I'll say it out of habit and I'm done, right? So to answer your question, okay, human voice. Um, I think what I've discovered is um, the more you make something sound human, right? Um, the disconnect between the fact that it sounds so human and the fact that it's still very primitive conversationally, right, is jarring. Right, so oh, yeah. so you sound so so human like, and and then you're like all of a sudden, I'm sorry, I didn't understand that. You know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like the it's uncanny valley. I mean, it yeah. is uncanny. Yeah. yeah, that's like the same thing with like making CGI characters so real and lifelike that they look like they're human beings, but they're not, and you know they're not. <laughs> and then there are moments where <laughs> the robot shows up. Yeah, right. Yeah, that is just jarring, right? Um, and so. Um, and so, for example, folks who are blind, um, they they want to get things done. Whether it's human or not human, they don't care, right? So, for example, they speed things up. You've heard this, right, in podcasts, right? They speed things up, right? They wanted to uh, – and yesterday, actually, I was uh, I was curious because I was uh, using Alexa and I was testing a skill. No, I, was, I wanted to listen to some music. Um, and then so it asked me if I wanted to buy of course, right? Do you want to buy or you want to subscribe to Amazon? Okay, right? sure. However, the voice that it used was different from Alexa and was much faster. Oh. And I was wondering why it was faster, 
and I don't know actually I don't have the answer I want to look into it. I'm going to ask and so forth mm-hmm. uh, but it was like it was like trying to rush me into buying or something <laughs> okay yeah <laughs> yeah right um, had someone been using your device before then <laughs> I don't know I don't know uh, <laughs> but it, the, the fact that it changed voice was not the same usual Alexa mm-hmm. plus it was faster and it was sort of more urgent had a sense of urgency to it Okay. interesting um is it just because it was faster and it was maybe a little higher pitched or I don't know I think I don't know if it I, th- I don't know if they just decided to pick a different voice and that was the extent of the thinking mm-hmm. or whether they actually thought through that it needs to be to sound transactional um and urgent I so see you okay. need to get on with it and buy their thing this has been part one of our interview I hope you'll tune in next week for part two Well, that's the end of this episode. Thanks for listening. And if you like what you heard, why not tell a friend about this podcast? It's available in all the usual locations. Until next time. Bye.